you could ever have. You hear me? He won't let you down. He won't turn his back on you. You know, there's a saying that says, the arm of flesh will fail you, but God will never fail you. And I give God glory for that. So, good evening, everyone. Oh, you could do better than that. Good evening, everyone. Now, listen, we may be few in number, but we can give God some good Holy Ghost praise. Amen? Because he's worthy to be praised. He's, wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them, right? So listen, just because we're few doesn't mean that we can't feel the warmth of that Holy Spirit. He could set this place on, uh, uh, you know, on fire with two. Just as much as he can set it off on fire with 5,000. Right. Praise the Lord, somebody. Yes. So listen, there's no place... Repeat after me. Like this place. So this must be the place. There's no place. Say it with conviction. There's no place. Like this place. So this must be the place. And, and guess what? This place will be the place for the whole month of March. Amen? Amen? So I want to see more of you out. Now, I know it's Sunday. I know church, uh, you know, you had church on Sabbath and Sunday. It's not necessarily the day of rest, but uh, <laughs> we'd like to call it that. <laughs> Physical rest. No, I'm just joking. But uh, that's the time where we could just, you know, get our families together, we can oversleep and what have you, and we don't have to go nowhere, amen? But I want you to make the sacrifice for the, for the month of March, just for one month. We're not asking you every day now, we're just asking you for one month to just sacrifice each night to come out, amen? Because God has something in store for us. Now, tomorrow night, I just want to let you know what's in store for us tomorrow. The topic will be sex and the city. So you, don't, you do not want to miss that. You do not want to miss that. You should have missed tonight. Amen? <laughs> you do not want to miss that tomorrow. And also on Tuesday night, no, sorry, Monday night. I'm sorry, I messed that up. Monday night, it's letting go of Egypt. Letting go of Egypt. And on Tuesday night, it's sex in the city. But you still don't want to miss tomorrow night. <laughs> All right, so without further ado, praise the Lord, we're going to get into the word. Amen? So I'd like, to, I'd like for y'all to bow your heads now as we seek the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your grace, your love, your mercy. We thank you uh, for the things that you do, even though we don't deserve, Father God. And right now we ask that you speak to our hearts, that you show us our worth. Help us to know our worth. It is so important. Now, Father, speak through me. Hide, behind, hide me behind the cross in Jesus' name.
It was battered and scarred. And the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old violin, but held up high with a smile. What are you bidding, good folks? He cried. Who will start bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, two, only two, two dollars? And who will make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three, but no. From the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow, and then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening the loose strings, he played a melody pure and sweet. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a quiet voice, quiet and low, said, what are you going to bid for the old violin? A thousand dollars. Who will make it two? Two thousand dollars. Who will make it three? Three thousand once. Three thousand twice. Sold, he said. The people cheered. But some of them cried. We do not quite understand what changed its worth. Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. Thank you. Now there's a story in the Bible that I find similar to the story of this old violin, and it's found in John 4. You know, it's a famous story. We all know it. There's songs about it. The story is of the woman of the well. And today, with, with this story, I want to focus on knowing uh, our worth through her story. In verse 7, it says, There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you... Being a Jew, ask me a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who asks of you, or who asks of you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you, what everybody? Living water. Now let's unpack her story. At the beginning of this chapter, in, uh, uh, ver between verses 1 and 6, uh, Jesus is traveling from Judea to Galilee. And the Bible says in verse 4, he must needs go through Samarit Samaria. Or in other words, he has to go through Samaria. Now normally... If you were traveling from Jerusalem or from Judea to Galilee, you would go the route that went around Samaria to Judah, I mean, to, to Galilee. Why? Because the Jews hated 
the Samaritans. They abhorred the Samaritans. Because in those days, uh, 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 the Jews pretty much were prejudiced against them due to the fact that they had the, uh, the background. They, they were descendants of Jews, but they were also descendants of what, everybody? The Canaanites in the land. So they abhorred the Samaritans just because of that. Have you ever been prejudged because of who you are? Have you ever had somebody hate on you because of your family name? Have you ever had somebody hate on you because of where you came from or where you lived? Huh? Misjudge you just because of the way you look or dress or the fact that you have no education. Hmm? People haven't gotten to know you, the true you. They base their knowledge on what they see. When I was a little girl, my teachers, or actually just this one in grade two, I can remember it so well because I was traumatized by this. She separated all the dumb kids with the smart kids. And in those, those days, we call it the dumb kids. She called it the challenged kids. But to me, tomato, tomato. And I noticed at that time that you know the smart kids on this side were all one color. While the dumb kids on the other side were of a different color. She judged me based on my color. She judged my performance based on my color. And just like, this is just like what happened to the Samaritans. They were hated, they were scorned just because of where they came from. But Jesus said, I have to go through Samaria. Now why? Because let me tell you this, God has a timing. Amen, somebody? Amen. Nothing ever happens by chance or, or some stroke of luck. God has a timing and I believe that he situated himself there at that particular time of the day intentionally. I believe this was a divine appointment. What do you say? I believe that he stopped by in Samaria because he, while he, uh, he was praying in his prayer closet, while he was conversing with his father, his father gave him the mission of the day. He says, listen, at this particular time, I want you to situate yourself at that, that well because I have somebody for you to meet. I want somebody to be restored that day. I want somebody to be redeemed that day. Amen, somebody? Amen. God is in the habit of setting up divine appointments in our lives. And, 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 and that woman at the well had a divine appointment set up for her. For instance, and by the way, we also 
have divine, divine appointments set up for us. Amen, Amen somebody? Amen. You may be in church tonight and, and you, may, you may have not felt like coming. Amen? But God has ordained it. Amen, somebody? For you to get a blessing. You probably thought that, you know, you'd be just visiting or, or, or that, that perhaps, you know, that you were forced, huh? But God has something in store for us, amen? Jesus is waiting at that figurative well for us. Come on, somebody. And he's waiting on us to ask the right questions. He's waiting uh, right here or right right at that figurative well, asking you, asking us to make a decision and to make a change in our lives. This woman at the well had an appointment. And I pray at the, at the end of the service, somebody may say, yes, Lord, amen? amen. So this woman comes to the well with her water pot she sees Jesus, but she doesn't want to disturb him or acknowledge him. In fact, she goes about doing her business as if she was invisible. Oftentimes, when you don't think anything much of yourself, huh? you don't think or you don't value yourself, you think you are worthless or hopeless, when you feel like you don't mean anything to anybody, you often feel like you're invisible. You figure no one sees you and nobody cares. You feel invisible at home. You feel invisible, invisible at school, at work, wherever the case may be, you feel invisible and you can almost see her face. You can almost see her head hung low, staring at the ground as she's fixing to, 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 to get some water. You can pretty much tell when someone feels undervalued, they're always in their hearts, they're saying, notice me. You see them in the halls at school all alone, walking with their heads hung low and shoulders drooped. And it is with this attitude that she approaches the well. And while she is minding her own business, fetching water out of the well, Jesus is watching her every move. And not only is he watching her every move, but Jesus, because he's God, is reading her thoughts. Have you ever seen the movie, What Women Want? I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, What Women Want, but in the movie, it's a silly movie, a chick flick. And in the movie, uh, this guy stumbles into the tub, a full tub of water, and a blow dryer follows after, and he gets struck or, or, or electrocuted, and he passes out, and in the morning, he has this gift of reading women's thoughts. And he knows exactly what women want. He knows what they're thinking. And, but this is a stupid story, amen, because this can't happen, but God can do that with us. And God hears what we are thinking. He hears when, when we say, I'm not good enough. He, say, he hears when, he say, uh, when we are thinking, I'm not cute enough, or I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not rich enough. He hears us thinking uh, uh, that I'm not dark enough, I'm not tall enough. 
He hears all of that. He even hears, and I may go further and say that, that, that my past, he hears when we think that my past is too sketchy or, or I've done too many bad things in my life. He hears all of that. But thanks be to God, amen, he approaches her despite Despite that, despite that, and he says in verse 7, in verse 7, give me a drink. And I think it's amazing that no matter what we've done, praise God, how far we've gone in life, God will always make a way to us, amen? amen. And instead of, 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 of letting her believe that she was invisible to him, he calls out to her. He says, give me, hey girl. And I can hear him say, psst, psst, hey girl, can you give me a drink? She, of course, was startled and asked him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman? Because if you know anything, like I said before, Jews never consorted with or, 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 or fraternized with Samaritans. Why? Because in those days, you would never take anything, Jews would never take anything from a Samaritan. And also number two, men weren't supposed to talk privately with women other than their wives. So Jesus here is breaking all social norms. And number three, this woman had a degrading past. The mere fact that she was fetching water at noon instead of the regular time that, fetch, uh, uh, that women fetch water was because she had a shameful past. Nobody wanted to mess with her. Nobody wanted to com converse with her. Nobody wanted to be next to her. She was like a social leprous, uh, a leper. No one wanted to talk to this woman. But thank God, Jesus looks beyond that. He says, listen, woman, give me a drink. I praise God that Jesus goes beyond social norms. I praise God that Jesus cares more for people than policy. I wish some of us would adopt that same attitude. Some of us, we focus too much on politics, we focus too much on tradition. We want it this way so much that we block the way to glory for somebody. Oh, I wish we would adopt that mentality where people are more important than policy. This woman, she was ashamed. She was ashamed of her past, of her background. She was ashamed of her upbringing. You may not have known your father tonight, huh? I'm speaking to y'all tonight. You may not know and have known uh, or grown up with your mother, huh? Maybe your home wasn't a happy home, or maybe you grew up poor, barely making it. Whatever your past is, maybe you felt uh, like you were dealt a bad hand. Maybe you've made so many bad decisions in your past. That defines you. 
Maybe you've, uh, uh, maybe like this Samaritan woman, you felt like nothing. And some of us, we feel like nothing. Some of us are, uh, we feel ostracized. We feel like, like, like we'll never be good enough. We'll never be pretty enough. We'll never be educated enough. We'll never be light enough. Our hair will never be straight enough, soft enough. Teeth will never be white enough. Huh? You just feel like you will never be enough. But thank God I serve an amazing father. That he says, listen, listen, if I'm in you, greater is he that is in, within you than he that is in the world. Verse 10 says, if you only knew. Huh? She didn't know who she was dealing with. She didn't know who she was encountering that day, who she was meeting that day, if she only knew who this brother was. Huh? All of her insecurities, all of her impurities, all her social or her social status, uh, her background, everything will be would be put in proper perspective. Because if she only knew that day, those things would just fade away. Those things wouldn't even matter. If only people knew who Jesus was. Where you come from wouldn't matter. Where you been wouldn't matter. Who you been with wouldn't matter. What happened to you wouldn't matter. How poor you are wouldn't matter. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, asked him, and he would have given you what, everyone? Living water. Jesus also answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a, welling, a well of water springing up to eternal life. Somebody ought to give God praise. So, because, you know, he uses water to illustrate his point. I went to, to school, amen, and I asked myself, what is living water? Why did he choose water? So I started to ask, my, so I started to contrast water versus living water. And I realized that water is what? It's essential for living. You need it to clean, you need it to cook, all right, and you need it to drink, because we get thirsty. If you get dehydrated, you could die from dehydration. Not only that, but water is so important that it covers 70.9% of the Earth's surface. See how important water is? 
Water is essential for agriculture. Water, our bodies are made up of what? 75% of water. You can't tell me that water isn't important. Water is so important. But the Bible says whoever drinks this water will thirst again. So even though that water is important, anyone who drinks the water will thirst, eventually get thirsty again. So, so there's something to be learned here about the living water. Water is necessary, but once you filled up on it, what happens? You got to do it again. So I went spiritual and I asked, what would water, what would water that runs out represent for us? Hmm? What would water represent that runs out? What would water that runs out represent for us? So I went and, you know, I started thinking about this and you know, the song, that famous old song, like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. Huh? So it brought my attention to that, and, and, and this water, the water that this woman came to fetch, to me, I recognize that it represents temporary fulfillment. They are the things we use to compensate for how we feel about ourselves. If I don't feel pretty enough, what do, what do you think, or cute enough, or cool enough, what do I use to compensate for that? I wear clothes that are so tight it looks like you've painted them on because I want attention. Or because I want to fit in so much, I wear my pants down low. Huh? Or, or if I grew up poor, hmm? I make my life or I throw all my energy into what? Getting rich. You know, ambition is good, but sometimes we take it to another level. And for those who grew up less fortunate, sometimes there's a tendency to go to the extreme where they make it their lives. They neglect their family, their friends, their religion, everything, just to make sure that they're on the top so nobody could ever look to them or look at them like they're on the bottom. Some people use relationships, huh? If we lacked a relationship with our mother or father, we seek it elsewhere, and it becomes almost detrimental to us. We're thirsting. We're thirsting. We believe that these things, people, grades, careers, our status will increase our value. But Jesus, but when Jesus was talking about that living water, 
Huh? That living water versus regular water. Jesus is saying that those are not going to increase your value or make you satisfied with yourself. Eventually, those things will be ruined or eventually those things will disappear. Eventually, you'll get thirsty. Eventually. But God says, listen, fix our eyes or fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is what? Eventually, eventually those things will ruin, amen? Your house that you've come to value so much, your house that even defines you, huh? Some of us were so proud of our house we make those payments and, and, and we keep up so that we could keep up with the Joneses, but eventually that house can be ruined by a flash flood. Your car that you love to, to wash every Sunday can easily be totaled. I saw the way these Las Vegas people drive. Huh? Your clothes can get out of date, huh? Your weave can, can eventually need to grow out, amen? amen? It need to be replaced. Your face, if you put your, 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 your value or you, you value yourself by your face, eventually, guess what? Uh, gravity happens and your face wrinkles. Come on, somebody. And those who, who depend on drugs and alcohol, eventually that kills you. Your wife or your husband, huh, that defined you for so long can, can, could eventually leave you or die. Your jobs, the careers that you invested so much in. Let me tell you, this economy is up and down. You never know what could happen. Your jobs can be lost. There are, there are just temporary fulfillments. God says, look, focus your attention on things that are unseen, not the things that are seen, because eventually they'll pass away. Living water. What? Who is living water? It's water that if you drink, you'll never be thirsty again. The water will become in you a, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's water that if you drink, Bible says, you won't go thirsty. The water will well up in you to eternal life. Of course, now Jesus is the gift of God. And which he terms himself earlier on in that scripture. And he is basically telling us that he is the living water. Jesus is the only one who can satisfy our thirst for value. He's the only one that can satisfy our thirst for acceptance. He doesn't care uh, what your nationality is. 
Huh? He doesn't care about how rich or how poor you are. He doesn't care if you come from a broken home. He doesn't care if you're illiterate or uneducated. He doesn't care what you've done. Praise God, somebody. He doesn't care. He says, come get your gift. Come and get me. I am the living water. Uh, 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 come drink, like that song says, from my fountain. If you are weary, I'll give you rest, he says. If you are, if you are mourning, I'll give you uh, a beauty for ashes. If you are troubled, I'm the peace that passes all understanding. If you want acceptance, my arms are wide open. If you need love, and some of us, we need love. He says, I am love. If you are depressed, he'll give you joy in his presence. He'll be your everything. And Jesus said that he is the living water uh, that will well up in you. Huh? In, in, to eternal life. Not only will he be in you uh, satisfying you, but he'll satisfy others through you. Amen? He'll send them over to you because you're welling with his goodness. Now I love, I love, I love what she says in response to what he presents to her. After everything he said, she says what? Give me water. She finally comes to her senses and wants the water. You know, some of us need to come to our senses. Some of us right now, I'm finished. I'm fish finishing up. Some of us right now are thirsty. Our jobs, even though we have it, are still not filling that hole. The husband that we go to sleep, uh, or we go to, uh, go to bed at night and sleep next to, we thought that we could have it in that relationship with that husband, but even in that marriage, you're thirsty. That car that you thought, you know, would satisfy, you know, uh, your desire to ride in style. You're driving down Martin Luther Boulevard, but still, you're thirsty. The children that God has blessed you with you thought that if I could just give birth, I will feel fulfilled, but you're still thirsty. The clothes you wear, if I could just dress, if I could just dress, you know, this old poor girl, eventually I'll feel fulfilled. I'll feel satisfied, but you're still thirsty. Some of us here, even though we've been in the church all our lives, we are still thirsty. Something is still missing. 
We may fill ourselves on these things, these temporary fulfillments, but they eventually lose their value. Tonight, is somebody thirsty? Is somebody thirsty tonight for Jesus Christ? Because let me tell you, he's the only one that can satisfy. He's the only one that can fill the void in your heart. I don't care how many years you've been going to church. You could be sitting in the pew and still thirsty. Because it's only with a true relationship with God that you can find any fulfillment in coming to church. Is there anybody here thirsty for Jesus? If you want more of him, you want him to increase in your life, I want you to stand. You know what? I want to go even further than this. There's somebody here. There is somebody here. I do believe it wholeheartedly. You're struggling within yourself. Whether you should surrender all to Jesus or to hold back something. And your relationship with Jesus won't be real until you do, until you give it up. I don't know what it is. Only you know. But you know that you need to give it up and give your whole heart to God. Not just part of your heart, but your whole heart. Surrender is such a difficult thing because you have to sacrifice so much but you know you need to make that sacrifice. For that person, I'm asking you to come forward, to make that bold step, to give Jesus your whole heart. Surrender to him body, mind, and spirit. You haven't been doing it. You've been just going half-half. Some of us, even a quarter, quarter, a quarter, quarter, three-fourths. Three if that's you tonight, I'm asking you to come forward. Nobody needs to know what it is. I don't need to know. Only you know, but you want to make a full surrender tonight to Jesus. Take my whole heart. Empty it of self. And then fill my cup, Lord. Who wants, the, who, who, who wants him to fill? Who wants him to fill that cup? Won't you come? He's calling. He's calling. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, my brother. I want to surrender my life to Praise God. He wants to surrender his life to Jesus. Is there anybody else who wants to have that 
void filled by Christ and Christ alone. Anybody else? If you're here, do not harden your hearts. But give it to Jesus. I'm going to count down from 10. But before I do that, I just want to let you know that if you surrender all, In the re- at the, you know, the, for the rest of the story, I don't know if you read on in your Bibles, but eventually that woman dropped her water pot. The water that she so depended on, her temporary from fulfillments, she dropped that water pot. And she didn't care who she was anymore. In the Bible, it says that she had more than five husbands, possibly all at the same time, if you get my drift. But she didn't care about her past anymore. She ran to the city of Samaria, and she yelled out to the people, let me tell you about a man. She didn't care what she was. She had been renewed. She dropped that water pot. God had given her a new lease on life. He had made her over. She had new meaning and new purpose. He gave that to her. You can't find that out on your own. Only God gives you purpose and meaning. So if there's anybody else who wants to give their whole hearts and let God fill their hearts, Now is a chance to do so. 10, 9, 8, praise God, sis. 7, 6, any more that want to join these two? These two brave souls? 5, 4, 3, Two. Come on now. Come on. One. Anybody else? Let's pray. Dear God, like the woman at the well, we were seeking for things that could not satisfy. But today, Lord God, you spoke to our hearts. And you summoned us to drink from your fountain. That fountain that will never run dry. That fountain that will well up in us to eternal life. That's the only water that matters. That's the water we need, Jesus. 
So we ask that you fill our cups, Lord. Empty us, first of all, of self. Empty us of all the, the temporary fulfillments that we place our value on or that give us value. Empty of us all of that, Lord God, and fill us with you. We want less of us and more of you, Jesus. Lord, for these two that have come forward and want to surrender their whole lives, Father God, I pray that you may give them abundant life. That you may surround them with your goodness. Surround them with your grace, your love, your mercy. Redeem, renew, oh God, and restore. If they need healing, Father God, I pray that you may heal, oh thou great Jehovah. Touch their lives in such a mighty, special way, Father God. So that wherever they are, I pray, Jesus, that people may see you in them. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word. And we thank you for second, third, fourth chances. We thank you that you call our names on a daily basis when we turn our back on you. Thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You, but um, I'm claiming a miracle um, this month. I'm claiming, claiming a miracle this month. Yes. I can't tell you how it's going to formulate. I can't tell you what direction it's coming from uh, in terms of east, west, north, or south. But I know it's coming from above. That's one thing. But I'm claiming a miracle today. And I'm praying truly that you believe in faith, believe that God is about to do something big. Amen. The Lord, the Holy Spirit told me this a few uh, weeks back, and I believe it. And the only thing we have to do is to remain humble and to receive what God is about. And I want to thank God for uh, tonight's message. And it is my prayer that as we leave this place, that we will leave with this message knowing truly that God, he wants us to have that living water, that living water. That woman that she came at noonday and she was hiding from the crowd, but she went forth and called the crowd after she encountered that living water. Powerful message, powerful. And I want to encourage you, please, as you leave this place, we want you to drop your water pots, and we want you to go and call the crowd in for tomorrow night. Amen? Amen? I want you truly to believe God. It says that where there is one of us, the Lord, he has so planned it that we could bring in a hundred. 
a hundred. So where you sit, where you stand right now, a hundred individuals. And I'm asking that you, by the, the faith that, that we can only have in God, that we will claim this. Amen? Amen. And so as we stand tonight, uh, the final prayer is going to be for two things. As, as we stand, um, we are asking you to sow into the ministry here. Uh, you have seen truly that what we're trying to do here and what the Lord is about to do. Um, as you leave this evening, we're asking you to drop a liberal offering. I'll be praying for that offering that you'll be dropping. And the deacons are going to be waiting at the exit door. At both sides of the exit door. And as you leave, we're asking you to just um, prepare for a sacrificial offering that would help to defray the expenses of uh, this uh, month-long campaign. We're just launching out. And so we're starting out. But I know great things by the time we end. I'm expecting a great and grand miracle. Amen? Amen, everyone? All right. Are you with me? Amen. So tomorrow night, you notice we're not keeping you long, right? We want you to tell the people you're going to come and hear a power-packed message. And what is the title of the message, Pastor? What is Letting go of Egypt. Letting go of Egypt. Letting go of Egypt. And so by God's grace and power, we want you to come out and to see how we can let go of Egypt. Let us pray. Father in heaven. First of all, we want to thank you so much for the blessings that we have received today. We pray, Father, that your anointing will be up on each and every one in this place. And perhaps those that's listening online. We pray, Father, that you will surround us, Lord, and that you will bless us. Help us to know, Father, that we need to step out, Lord, of all the confusion. And just to allow your Holy Spirit to saturate us with that living water. Bless us, Lord. Anoint us, Lord. We thank you in advance for the miracle that you have already done in our lives, Lord. You're a wonderful God. You're a powerful God. We pray, Lord, for the offerings that we will give. We pray that you will bless those that have and bless those that don't have, Lord. And be with us now as we leave this place, Lord. Let us leave with joy. And let us bring our friends and loved ones out tomorrow where we will continue to praise your name. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May God bless you.